1: There's a, a, a few um, uh, key sort of uh, uh, things that keep on coming up, I think, in the longevity, and certainly in your, your book as well. There's, there's the sirtuins, there's AMPK, and there's mTOR. Could you tell us a little bit more about what those individually are and, and how, what their relationship is to each other and how they're related to, to aging?
0: Yeah, sure. So for the last 30 years, geneticists like myself have been mutating animals even simple things like yeast cells, to see if we could find ones that lived longer. And we came up with hundreds of genes that control lifespan, but we've now settled on a system that the main three groups of genes that control lifespan in all organisms, from yeast cells to little nematode worms and flies and mice, and we think in our bodies as well, uh, they fall into three main camps. Of course, there's more than that, but these are the main regulators the sirtuins, the seven genes that I've worked on for my career, the AMP kinase, and mTOR. And what's, what we've realized is that these regulators of lifespan are responsive to how we live our lives and in particular what we eat and when we eat. And we had a paper in 2003 that showed that the sirtuins in yeast cells respond to adversity. So when the, the yeast cells are hungry, um, or they have not enough amino acids, or they're a little bit hot, turn up the incubator, they live longer, and that's because the sirtuins get activated. And without those sirtuin genes, they didn't live longer. And that, as far as I know, was the first real uh, genetic pathway that said how the environment controls the longevity of, a, of, a, of any species. Mm-hmm. But we think it's similar in our bodies, is that when we're hungry, we exercise, perhaps even when we're hot or cold in extreme temperatures, that it's turning on these, possibly all three of these defense pathways. And,
1: and the relationship with mTOR, is that uh, in response to excess
0: amino acids that, that promotes growth in the cell? Yeah, you're exactly right. So um, unlike AMP kinase and sirtuins, which as far as we know, the more the better for us, mTOR is the opposite. mTOR is, is good for some things, but it's not so good for longevity. And what it does is it senses how much protein we're taking in and senses particular amino acids, such as branched-chain amino acids, leucine being the main one. And so its job is to say, okay, I'm getting a lot of meat, I'm getting a lot of protein, now's the time to grow and be fertile and build up muscle, but that's at the expense of protecting the body against the onslaughts of life and slowing down aging itself. So a lot of people have asked me, in fact, every day, is it really a question of vanity versus longevity? Can you have both? Yeah. Uh, and my answer is, uh, I don't know. But my best guess would be that it's all about how you live. And you, you should be able to have the best of both worlds. But you need to be very careful about when and how you alternate between eating protein. And being hungry and exercising.
1: Yeah, because it seems like there's a few central themes to to uh, how to reverse aging or slow down aging in your book. There's there's way to ways to activate your body's defense system. So eating less protein, uh, perhaps um, uh, this concept of hormesis that you refer to throughout the book, um, deleting cells that actually. Uh, cause inflammation and and can lead to aging effects Um, so the senescent cells and then there's this theory that i haven't come across before this partial cellular reprogramming um, which is that resetting of the the epigenome versus the the genome Um, what ways if we just go in through those one by one what ways do you can you activate the body's own sort of innate uh, defense system to at least slow down the process of aging
0: well the the simple ones are eat less often and, uh, and run out of breath at least a few times a week. Yeah. It, we've learned this just through empirical observations of who lives longest and the people who exercise and eat less, eat, live longer. Um, not malnutrition, not starvation, of course. That's not a path to longevity, uh, but being hungry during the day is very likely to extend your lifespan. In mice, we do this in my lab quite often, feed them every other day and they, they live about 20 to 30 percent longer. Um, And so this idea, in my view, uh, of eating three square meals a day and snacking in between is totally misguided and that our bodies need a period of hunger hunger to actually trigger these longevity genes that we've been discussing. Um, If if you don't uh, do that, next best thing would be to get on a treadmill and lose your breath. Uh, You'll know that you're out of breath if you can't carry out a conversation, so you want to do that. I do it not enough, uh, I should say, probably twice a week. I'd like to do it more often. But that hypoxia, that low oxygen state, seems to be very good for triggering longevity responses. And there are other things that I'm exploring. There's some data from other labs that being in the sauna can help your cardiovascular system. Uh, Doing some cold shock therapy Mm -hmm. in a cold bath or in a cold pool also boosts the production of brown fat, which is very metabolically healthy. And so I'm trying all of those things. Uh, Those are the easy things to do. There's a little bit more complicated things, which are molecules that we've been working on and developing in my lab and in companies that I've uh, sponsored and helped. And then then epigenetic reprogramming is brand new. Uh, It's still in mice. We haven't done this in people yet. But that's essentially going to the very deep layer of aging, which is the the chemical modifications in our DNA that control the epigenome, as I mentioned earlier, the scratches on the CD or the DVD. And we're learning now how to remove those chemicals in just the right way. You don't want to take them all off, but just take the ones off that have accumulated over time and are screwing up the cell. And there we find in early experiments that we can turn the clock back on cells. And actually, if we do that to the retina of an old mouse, it regains its eyesight back to being young again, which is quite an astounding thing to see.